Rainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't, you know, things are going as good as could be, you know. So uh, I'm a little excited because in a uh, just under two weeks, as long as everything still keeps going, you know, as good as they can be. I will be making my way down to Minneapolis for full gear. And uh, it'll be my first time crossing back over to the States since I think January or February of 2020. I remember going down to Grand Forks just for a day trip. So this will be my first time heading down in a, a year and a half almost. And I mean, I am stoked. I can't wait going to see live wrestling again. I mean, going to see AEW for the first time, you know, that's pretty exciting in its own right so it's got me uh feeling very good right now so just trying to dot all my i's cross all my t's and make sure that i have everything lined up properly for uh heading down across the border and being able to make my way back but i am very stoked for it i can't wait going to full gear for sure rampage is kind of up in the air it just depends on when i can make my way down on friday might have to leave after work Friday, but I'm hoping to take the day off and head down first thing Friday morning, you know. So uh, it's, a, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much great stuff going on. And I mean, we, uh, we just finished this past weekend. PCW had a show in Lundar, Manitoba. It's PCW's first show back since uh, March 2020 or February 2020. You know, I think that's right. Needless to say, first show back in quite a while. And I mean, we're going to run down the results real quick. Uh, from the sounds of it, everyone had a fantastic time out there. The crowd enjoyed it. But uh, as for results, I don't normally do the uh, show results. But with it being the first one back and it being outside of uh, PCW sort of home base of Winnipeg, I figured just in case if you couldn't make it and you're wondering what happened, then here's your in. So... Travis Cole, he was on the show previously. He beat uh, Anderson Tyson Moore by uh, disqualification. Uh, Sammy Peppers and Bryce Bentley beat Leo London and Josh Holiday. Leo London, also friend of the show. Uh, Jay Walker, he retained his Canadian championship over JL Spiker. Antonio Scorpio, he retained his PCW World Championship over Jackie Lee. And Sweet and Tasty, Travis Cole and Bobby Schink, they beat t- Team Impact. So that was the results from out in Lundar. But also announced was an upcoming PCW event. So we kind of alluded to it, Leo and I, uh, last week when he joined me, that uh, PCW would be making a return to Winnipeg. And the date has been set. So January 1st, 2022. Make sure that if you're going out New Year's Eve, you're not getting too wasted, that you're going to be in good enough shape to uh, make your way to PCW because they are going to be doing their first show back in Winnipeg, New Year's Knockout. It's going to be at the Park Theater on Osborne. Let me tell you, I went to see Propaganda at the Park Theater on Thanksgiving weekend, and I actually said to my girlfriend when we were there that the Park Theater, with the renovations they've did, 
it would be a perfect venue to do a wrestling event in. And PCW is bringing the action there. So ticket information hasn't been announced yet. But I mean, it's only a matter of time. Tickets are what? 20 bucks tops it'll be worth it and i mean it's pcw back in winnipeg and what more could you ask for so the more i find out information i will relay it to you and uh just to get you know make sure that everyone's kept up to tab kept up to date on it and uh i'll make sure that it's retweeted we'll talk about it on here and uh yeah i mean i am stoked for it pcw always puts on a fantastic show and they really uh they really do something special. So should be a great time and hopefully we'll see everyone out there. So that's the, the PCW news. And and this past week I was uh, looking on Facebook, you know, updating the old uh, Grainmaker Wrestling podcast page. And I came across a, another event in Winnipeg. So everyone is familiar with Tony Condello. He is a staple in the Winnipeg wrestling scene uh, from WFWA IWA he was putting on shows well he hasn't really done too too much lately but this November or sorry not this November but November 19th Friday November 19th to be exact UCW Wrestling International is going to be live at XQs on Sargent Avenue so it's being put on by Tony Candelo legendary Winnipeg promoter and there's a dinner bell time is at eight o'clock dinners at six thirty. doors open at six a few names have been announced uh adam knight bobby shink travis cole is on the poster roy drag on the poster and they've also announced uh wavel star who has a history in the winnipeg wrestling scene there's going to be five matches including a battle royal for the canadian heavyweight championship the more I find out information for this, I will make sure I relay it to you. There is a Facebook event page if uh, you're interested in finding out about that. The like everything, you know, you got to be vaccinated to get in there, all that stuff, the COVID protocols. So double vaccination, photo ID, all that. If you're not feeling well, you stay home, you check out the next one. But it's uh, definitely an exciting time to uh, to you know, be a wrestling fan in Winnipeg. So if you're interested, check it out on Facebook, uh, UCW Wrestling. Tony Candelo's page has it. More information I find out, I will uh, make sure it gets relayed to all of the listeners here. So just uh, one more thing to get excited about. Now, I had mentioned at the beginning that uh, AEW Full Gear, it's under two weeks away. Next week, we will be doing a preview episode on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It's just kind of figuring out details if I will have a guest or not. Uh, I'm hoping for it, but we'll wait and see. But uh, we'll do a preview episode of the full card. But I wanted to, this week, just talk about the Hangman Page, Kenny Omega storyline. Now, as a wrestling fan, for years we have been conditioned to uh, always want stuff right away because that's how wwe was doing things you know they wouldn't really do a long-term storytelling they'd want to pay off right away and just to sort of you know you get the match and then you can do rematch 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 for three months afterwards and that was their idea of long-term storytelling for almost two and a half years now AEW has teased us with the hangman page championship storyline from the very beginning it seemed like he was destined to become champion. It was just a matter of time. So 
before AEW even started, I mean, most of us are familiar with, uh, you know, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, their history with Bullet Club. I mean, Hangman Adam Page joined them in Bullet Club. They did stuff in Ring of Honor together. So they really became like a tight-knit unit throughout New Japan and Ring of Honor. So when their contracts were up, you know, Tony Khan is starting this promotion, bringing in the Omega, bringing in the Bucks. Everyone was always aware of the potential with Hangman Adam Page. You knew that he was going to be a main eventer. You knew that he was destined to be a world champion. It's not a matter of if it was going to be when. So from the get-go with AEW, it was almost like it seemed he would be the first champion. That was definitely the vibe I got leading up to it from the press conferences, uh, talking about becoming champion, you know, and just the way he was positioned in the company with the promos, the pay-per-views leading up to their TV, leading up to even all out. I mean, he won the casino battle Royal at double or nothing, 2019, eliminating MJ, eliminating MJF. And I mean, MJF is also another one who he's destined for big things as well. And Likewise with Hangman, it's not if, but when. So you had Adam Page winning the Casino Battle Royal, double or nothing, leading to a match at All Out 2009, 2019 versus Chris Jericho. Leading up to All Out, I mean, we knew that Hangman had the potential to be a world champion, but it was almost like he fully hadn't discovered himself or what he wanted Hangman to be. Because I know leading up to All Out 2019, to me, it was almost like Hangman, he was being presented to you as the champion, but there was almost like a a disconnect with the fans. He, because it was being pushed in that way, the fans almost didn't take to it as naturally as they have now. So he's facing off with Chris Jericho and you're almost wondering like, is he ready to be champion? So leading up to it, the match, I mean, he had asked the young bucks to corner him in the match. Like they did Kenny Omega. They had said no. And it would, that was almost like a, a ripple in the dissension between hangman and the elite. Hangman ended up losing to Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho became the first AEW world champion. And it almost took a little bit of time for Hangman to uh, really develop who he was. You know, this was almost the start of it doing a number on his uh, number on him psychologically, a number on his psyche. You know, just would he be able to win the big one? Is he, you know, would he be able to, uh, achieve the greatness that everybody expected that he would be able to. So leading up after we're after the uh, match with Chris Jericho, I mean, he had a, a string of matches with uh pack, you know, he beat pack at full gear 2019. So it wasn't like he just went on this huge losing streak. He was still able to win, still able to, you know, become more of uh, who hangman is now. So, Storyline-wise, I mean, we were all witness to it. He became a little bit more of a partier, you know, was enjoying his uh, enjoying his beers every once in a while. It was, you know, you'd see the, the clips out post-match. He'd, you know, crush a beer that was handed to him or 
you know, during the promos backstage, be drinking. And the drinking almost started to take a toll on his relationship with the elite as well. So it was these little things are starting to splinter the group, the friendship of the group. Now, he ended up becoming a tag team with Kenny Omega, and it was a almost a contrast of two different, uh, completely different wrestlers, because you had Kenny Omega, you know, the best bout machine, the cleaner, selling out, you know, the Tokyo Dome, headlining, uh, headlining, uh, pardon me, he- <laughs> headlining New Japan shows at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, sorry, Wrestle Kingdom is what I was looking at. Headlining Wrestle Kingdom. Then you had Hangman Page, who was younger, inexperienced, doesn't have the same pedigree as Omega did, but still incredibly talented, raw, and so much uh, so much emotion running through him. So they started uh, teaming up together, and they actually defeated uh, SCU on the Jericho, Cru- Jericho Cruise in early 2020. Now, you... The start of it was almost like how back in the day you would have two singles wrestlers teamed up to become a tag team. You were just, they'd team up and you were almost waiting for the split between them. So that was always something I think fans had in the back of their mind was, okay, these two are going to be a tag team, but eventually there's going to be a rift. You're going to see a feud between them. So they beat SCU. They become the tag team champions. During the match, uh, Hangman Page actually hits his finisher you know, helps win the titles. This led to a match with the Young Bucks at Revolution 2020. Easily one of the best tag team matches of all times. I mean, it, some say it's the greatest tag team match of all time. It's definitely up there. An easy, you know, five-star plus match from uh, from the Dirt Sheets. They they loved it. Everybody loved it. I loved it. It was, a, it was one of my favorite matches of 2020. So even in the match, Hangman, he hits his finisher again. So it's not like he can't win the big match. He's there. He's doing it. But throughout everything, you know, leading up to it, the losing the championship opportunity or championship match against Jericho, it still it did a number on him. And it's almost having to build back that confidence throughout. And it's still not there yet, even though it's obvious that he can do it. But I mean, when you're down on yourself and things aren't going your way, it's easy to really, you know, tell yourself you're not good enough or that you're not worth it. So the men, like the mental aspect of it, it was it's easy for him to just knock himself down a few pegs. You know, he's not pumping his own tires. I'm a big proponent of pumping tires. Ask friends of mine. I will gladly pump your tires because, hey, you know what? You deserve it. So Hangman Page doubting himself, the self-esteem, you know. So even after defeating the Bucks, there were still those issues, you know, not believing in himself, not, you know, almost thinking that he's the weak link. The Young Bucks, after all this, they're getting tired of his shit more and more, you know. The rift in the elite is growing. They're siding with Kenny more on things. And it's almost like, okay, Hangman's got these problems going on, the mental the mental aspect. But then they're, you know, maybe not being as supportive as they could, you know? Let's let's call a spade a spade. They're, you know, 
sometimes, you know, when people are going through, they need that extra help. And that wasn't evident with them. You know, they were, they were just getting sick of his shit. Along the same time, that's when FTR is debuting. So you're seeing, you know, them backstage segments with Hangman. They're, you know, they've got a lot in common. They're developing this friendship. They have the same interest, you know, hey, we can crush a beer, talk wrestling, crush some drinks. Let's have a good time. So the friendship between FTR and Hangman is increasing. At the same time, the friendship with Elite is falling apart. And Hangman is desperate for that connection, desperate for the friendship. He's needing it. He's, you know, just the acceptance almost. It's, I mean, it's a thing. A lot of people deal with it. I know there's times where it's, you know, a thing for me of growing up, just being accepted by a group or accepted by friends. You, uh, it can even weigh on you more than, more than you ever think that it would. So they don't know, or sorry, Hangman doesn't know that, you know, they're up to something. They just think that, you know, like it's good intention. They want to be there for him. They want to be his friend. And I mean, that's what ultimately Hangman wants is, you know, the friendship. He's losing it with the elite. He doesn't have that anymore. So he's got these guys coming in. Fuck yeah. He wants to be buddies with them. Wants to bro down with them. All that stuff. This led to the AEW tag title eliminator turning. All of this is going on. You had FTR versus the Young Bucks. And I mean, Hangman's out there during the match and he interferes cost the young bucks the match so this just almost divides it completely you know they the bucks don't want anything to do with them they just cost them the match hangman realizes like fuck he fucked up you know he knows that he shouldn't have but he thought he was doing the right thing it was something that was hard for him to do a tough decision but ultimately he thought he was you know helping out his friends in ftr but he realizes that they were just using him, you know, they use his insecurities to manipulate him and get him to do what they wanted. And were really just, fuck, they were being shitty friends. I mean, they weren't even being friends. They were just using hangman. So at this point, the bucks, they've thrown hangman out of the elite. Hangman only has Kenny Omega left their partners. But even then, I mean, you see the, you know, FTR wants to cheers beers with them. Omega pours it out, so he doesn't want to be a part of that. They're two still, they're still two completely different people. So they have their match at All Out 2020. FTR defeats Omega and Hangman. They win the titles. Hangman collapses after the match. He's just exhausted from it. He gave everything he could, but it wasn't enough. They lose their titles. And Omega, he's he lets him fall. Just disgusted with Hangman. I mean, because of him, they are where they're where they are. But I mean, Hangman thought he was doing the right thing. He just he needed that support. So post match, I mean, Dynamite the weeks after Hangman, he wants them to keep tag and he wants them to get a rematch. Kenny Omega, he doesn't want anything of doesn't want any of it. He wants to go their separate ra- separate ways for them to just be singles wrestlers again. No more tagging. Let's just, just, we signed up for it as singles. That's what we're going to do. So, leading into after, I think it was after All Out, leading into Full Gear, if I'm not mistaken, 
they had the finals of the AEW World Title Eliminator. So the winner of the tournament, they're going to get a future title shot. Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, that's your that's your finals. It was a great match, a very enjoyable match. Omega ends up winning. He gets the future title shot. Now, after that match, I mean, more and more you were seeing the heel and Kenny Omega show through. He hadn't gone full on yet, but it was starting to show. You know, you're seeing Don Callis with a more, uh, who's heel extraordinaire, you know, Winnipeg's, the pride of Winnipeg, Don Callis. I mean, Omega is too, but Callis has that long term, long, uh, long history here, you know? I mean, dating back to the Tony Candelo days. So Omega wins. He gets the future title shot. That leads to Kenny Omega versus John Moxley at Winter is Coming from uh, December 2020. Omega ends up winning the title, cheats to win, becomes a full-fledged heel. He's got Don Callis managing him and just becomes the insufferable heel. You know, the guy you're despicable. You want to see him lose, get his comeuppance. You have the Young Bucks. They win the tag titles. So they become more successful. They're turning heel. It's the elites back together. Omega, the Young Bucks, they've got Don Callis with them. The Good Brothers are joining them. They've gone heel. They're bad guys. You know, they're doing whatever they want when they want. All without Hangman Page. Hangman's, he's left with nothing. He sees them celebrating in the back. He's got no friends. He's by himself. Cue in the Dark Order. I mean, Dark Order, they had almost, they teased some stuff with Hangman earlier on, wanting him to join, become part of them. After Brody Lee had passed away, they really dove into the Dark Order and Hangman storyline a lot more. I mean, they almost teased uh, a Brody and Hangman feud, which I thought would be fucking fantastic before uh before he unfortunately passed away so dark order and hangman they're you know they're trying to get him to join hangman doesn't want anything with that so it, they still have their skits backstage on bte you're getting the skits backstage on uh on dynamite they want him to join but he doesn't want it all he wants is friendship and that's all he can give. He doesn't want to do the group thing. He just wants friends. He wants people that will support him and be there for him. And they develop a very great friendship, you know, uh, doing trios matches with Silver and Reynolds. Just, you know, he's watching them goof off and, you know, they make him smile. So they become solid bros. They're supporting each other, win or lose. They, this leads to Dynamite a few... This is summertime, if I'm not mistaken. Omega, he's claiming there's nobody left for him to wrestle. He's gone through everyone. Out come the Dark Order. And you can almost sense that this is where... This is going to be the start of it. So they come out there and they say, You say you've defeated everyone. There's no one left for you to wrestle. There's one person left. Hangman Page. And I mean... The crowd is electric at this point. Throughout everything, Hangman just developed such a following and the crowd got behind him. You wanted to see him succeed. You want He was left with nothing and 
the fans, they're wanting success for him. They're wanting to see him develop into the champion that everyone knew he could be. But you're seeing it more and more, and they're wanting him to win. The crowd's going nuts for him when he comes out. The pops for him were unbelievable. I mean, his match with uh, Brian Cage at Double or Nothing from 2021, the crowd was loving it. They were fully behind him. So, I mean, Dark Order, they say there's one person left, and they believe in him. They believe in Hangman. That's something that Hangman hasn't had. He hasn't had the friendship to uh, to support him, the just being there for him, and that's what they've provided for him. Omega, he quipped with one of the best lines, which really said something about it was that, even he doesn't believe that he deserves to be champion. And it's something that I think throughout the past couple of years with this entire storyline is something that really he didn't believe that he deserves to be it. And it really magnified the more and more watching him fall and watching you know him lose everyone around him, but being built back up by the Dark Order. So, I mean, after this happens, Hangman confronts them and Dark Order basically says that what he needs to hear is that they believe in him, just like he believed in them in all of their matches leading up to where they were at at this point. So Hangman Page gets built up in the standings, leading to be the you know almost number one contender. This built to an elimination match, a 10-person tag. You had the Dark Order and Hangman versus the Elite and the Good Brothers. If Dark Order and Hangman win, Hangman's going to get a title shot, and Dark Order would get a tag title shot against the Young Bucks. So, ultimately, the Dark Order and Hangman lose. Uh, it was an elimination match. Hangman was left alone against uh, the Bucks and Omega, and ultimately, they won. Hangman disappears for a while. I mean, he had his... Uh, he was expecting a child, so he's at home. Or his wife was expecting a child, sorry. So he's at home helping take care of that, you know, being there for his family. Disappears, dark orders left, you know. I mean, they were they were at where they were. Cue up the number one contendership, casino ladder match. A few weeks back on uh, Dynamite. You had Mox, Andrade, Pac, Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy, and Lance Archer. We were waiting to see who the Joker was. The card gets drawn. You hear his theme music. And the crowd just goes fucking bananas. They were all over it. They were there for it. He makes his return. He hits the dead eye on pack off the top of the ladder through a table. Wins. Gets that future title shot. And I mean, that brings us to where we are now. We've had the the matches leading up to it, but ultimately where we're at with Hangman having the support, the fans are fully behind him to a level that it's, it wasn't like that before. It wasn't like that when AEW first started off, they are there to see him win. They want it more than anything. And I mean, the, someone made a, uh, a video done in the same style as the Steve Austin rock my way video. You know, the 
it, the, the video that led up to WrestleMania 17, one of the greatest video packages of all time. So someone took the same style video and made it with mock or not mocks with Omega and page. I know I had friends talking about it. People I know talking about it and it was, you know, it was great. I finally decided to watch it this past weekend. And I mean, watching it, you're seeing it with the music behind it, the video clips, the interview footage spliced in. And it's almost like making you emotional because you see what Hangman has gone through, the losing everyone around him, like almost having his psyche damaged so much and almost having to climb out of it and having the friendship with the Dark Order bringing him out through it and having the support of the fans being there for him and cheering him on and believing in him, knowing that he can do it. You see that in the video and it almost makes you emotional. And I was thinking, I was like, if at full gear I'm there and I see Hangman Page win the title, I could see myself crying just being that emotional about it. So they've done an incredible job with this long-term storyline, building up a wrestler like Hangman Page from the point where when AEW first started off, I was so uninterested with him that it was just like I had nothing to get behind with him. I felt like he was just there. And from there to where we are now, where you want to see Hangman Page win the title. You want to be there for it. It is a long-term storyline that you are fully invested in from the emotion of it to knowing what those two can do in the ring. They've done an incredible job with it, and I feel like it is really culminating in something special at full gear. I know I've... There's always those takes where you read them online and you're just like, you don't really understand why they want to do something like this. And I read one where they felt like Hangman Page should win the title, but the first Dynamite lose it to MJF, the first Dynamite following. And as a fan base, we've almost been conditioned to, you know, want something and then have it taken away and be accepting of that but that's no longer the case where with a company like AEW they're not going to just rip it right from your clutches I mean we saw it with Impact and okay it works for Impact doing that storyline but it's Impact is also on a different level than AEW they can get away with doing something like that and not risk I mean sure there was blowback from fans on it but you're not going to have the same risk as you would with AEW where, I mean, let's face it, AEW is on a higher level than Impact. It's I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. So just for that sole reason alone, I mean, Tony Khan has proved that he's not just going to do some bullshit like that. So I think you you see here the takes and we've been so conditioned to just accept it but thankfully we haven't had to deal with that with AEW they've held to their their um stipulations like you know Cody not challenging for the title or you know doing bullshit DQ or count out finishes they do enough just so you know that it's there but you're not going to get it every week hell they only book matches where 
it's they're comfortable with someone taking a loss. So they've really done an incredible job with this the Hangman Page storyline, the feud with Kenny Omega, really shaping it into something special. On November 13th, we're going to see it culminate at full gear. And I know it is a match that I'm very excited for. If you would have asked me two years ago, I would have just been like, okay. You know, I'm sure it'll be a good match. But now I'm fully into it. I want to see just what they're going to do. I'm fully expecting a Hangman Page victory. I don't think that they're dumb enough to rip it away from our clutches because they've teased it so many times over the past, you know, six months or so, you know, with the elimination match in the summertime. Everyone fully expected that Dark Order and Page were going to win and you were going to get Hangman versus Omega at All Out. So they've teased it enough. It's time to deliver. I'm excited for it, and I hope you are too. If you're watching AEW Full Gear, I hope that this is a match you're stoked for because I think we're really going to get something special something that'll go down in wrestling history. So needless to say, we're going to get a full, full gear preview next week. Thank you for listening to me ramble about the Hangman Page Omega storyline, recapping it and just giving my thoughts on it. It's something I've really enjoyed, you know, the buildup for. And that Byway video just, it pushed it over the edge to where I felt like I want to talk about it. So if you haven't seen the video, I'll make sure I tweet it out. Um, it's something definitely worth watching, if not for the fact that it uses a Limp Bizkit song. And I mean, Limp, Bizkit, Limp Bizkit's awesome. So still a fan to this day. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I'll say it every time. Thank you. It means a lot to me that you take time out of your day to listen to uh, a guy ramble about wrestling. But, uh, you know, thank you. So um socials if you're not following me up on twitter at grainmaker at grainmaker pod shoot me a follow up there let's talk some wrestling uh you know i love talking wrestling it's what we're here for questions comments concerns anything like that if there's someone you want to see on the show for me to talk to shoot me an email grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com as for the podcast, I mean, you're listening to it right now, but it's up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. If you could rate and review all that sort of fun stuff, I would appreciate it. Um, so thank you for that. And up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. You can search it on there. Uh, it's uh, just a Facebook page. It is what it is. I mean, I throw wrestling matches up there, updates for the podcast, all that sort of stuff. So... Thank you for checking out checking out the podcast. Like I said, I appreciate it. More big things to come. Hoping to have a few uh, few interviews lined up in the near future for different things. But uh, you know, if you're going to be at full gear that weekend, uh, I know I have some listeners in the uh, in the states. Let me know. We can you know meet up, have a, have a beer, just shoot the shit, talk wrestling. It'd be great to uh, great to hang out. So, thank you for checking out the podcast. Hope you're having a great day and we'll talk soon.